Welcome to Drunk on Comics Podcast, episode 420. In this off-topic special uh, episode, me and Anthony sat down to discuss the game Kingdom Hearts 3, but more specifically, the entirety of the story, because I finally beat it. Yes, it came out a couple years ago. But I was confused, and Anthony's knowledge of games far surpasses what I know. So, if you ever were confused on the game, or wanted to know a little bit more lore for some of the other games, this is the episode for you. So grab a cold one, sit back and relax, and enjoy Drunk on Comics Podcast, episode 420, Kingdom Hearts Discussion. All right, we're good. We're good to go. So, here's the thing. Uh, I know I'm late to the party, but I finally beat Kingdom Hearts 3. And I have played all the games except for Birth by Sleep. Is that the one for PSP? I'm trying to remember. So, this is the thing is that I always forget which game's for what. I know Chain of Memories is for the uh, DS, or the Game Boy Advance. Yeah, that was that one. That was the first one that wasn't on the PlayStation. Birth by Sleep, I think, is the 3DS. Uh, see, I thought that was Dream Drop. Uh, oh, we know that's that's right. Dream Drop Disc is the 3DS. Yes, PSP. Um, you probably also haven't played the one for the uh, mobile or web. Nope, I have not. So okay, then I've just played the the, the ones for <laughs> PlayStation and for the Game Boys. Yeah, so... And I, like, so I beat it, and I was left with more questions than I had going in. I am confused, I'm then remembering things probably differently, and it seemed like there's a lot coming from the PSP one, and I thought I knew most of the lore, but holy shit was I confused. So, what's really crazy is you play that game, and as far as lore goes, the biggest contributors to the lore that you would need to understand to play that game and like get everything is the web game, which the large majority of people who are going to be playing this have not played. And um, what was the other one? The web game and then... Was it just like a free Flash game, like online? Yeah, it was just, I mean, it was like, and I think you could do like repeatable quests. It was like pseudo MMO, I think. I don't know that it was necessary. Like, uh, I think it was, you could repeat stuff. It wasn't like a single-player playthrough because you were playing with other people and doing, like, quests and stuff like that. But it was very flashy, point-and-click kind of paper. That's, like, the core story because that is the ultimate prequel of the whole series. Okay. Um, and so what's crazy about that part is... Spoiler alert. There's, there's no way to discuss this without spoilers. Well, that's the thing. I need to it. know everything. And like I said... <laughs> so, anyone listening, it's a true spoiler alert. But the um, Master of Masters... Yes, that's who is the fuck... The what? faceless guy in a black trench coat. Um, that could be and, half the organization until they were revealed. That's the thing, is that what's made even more confusing is that all of Organization 13 wears the exact same trench coats as the Master of Masters. So the Master of Masters is this, like, mystery character that is introduced in this web game. Basically, he has a sword with a giant eyeball on it, which you're, is, you've, seen in, you've seen in the game. Basically, how that sword works is wherever that sword goes in the future, he can look into that sword through that, like, look through that sword to see the future. So it's like the Eye of Thundara kind of thing going on here. <laughs> And that he can, so basically what he does is he writes a book of prophecies. And he says, this is what's going to happen. And in the Flash game, you have, I think it's seven different, um, like, groups, each led by some, like, main person who leads that group. And it's the thing, in the web game, you get to pick which one you want to side with. They're basically, like, guilds. And basically what the mass, the prophecy says is that that those guilds will begin to infight and the Keyblade War will happen. So this Keyblade War that's been referenced multiple times in the games, it, when right when 2 was finished, you see the whole key, 
Keyblade Graveyard, that's where it happened. That happens at the end of this web game, which splits the world. And so in the lore, you have three realms. You have the realm of light, the realm of darkness, and then the realm of dreams, which is the realm in between, basically. All of these things were combined at one point in time, and the power of the Keyblade War split them. And so when you have the different worlds in the game, you know, Agrabah or... Olympia or all, box world. Yeah, all those different worlds used to all be basically like countries within the realm of light, I think is what it was. Um, but the war, the power of the war splits basically the fabric of space and it splits these places into um, all these different worlds that you have to travel through. And then that's the realm of darkness is the space in between all the worlds that you travel through. So, okay, like, I, we'll get to the ending of Kingdom Hearts 3, obviously, towards the end of this, to try to wrap up everything, but if I felt like this was going to be the last game, and it seems like it's not. So, I will say that officially, it is the last game of the Truth Seeker series. I think is what they call it. I could be wrong on the name, but it's a specific... It's, you can't really call it a trilogy anymore because there's so many side games. But it's the idea that um, this is the end of Sora's story battling Xehanort. That's, that's what three ends. And the Kingdom Hearts series goes on for, I don't know, infinity. It's like a new Final Fantasy. Um, the creator of it, Tetsuya Nomura, um, he worked on Final Fantasy originally before he created this game. And when he created this game, he basically, I think, originally intended it to be this game that just continues on forever. You know, like a Final Fantasy where you have, like, this established universe or something. Yeah. You make all these games. So, well, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of okay with that. So because... should, all of the elements of this... That's the thing, is all the elements of the story should be wrapped up, with the exception of where is Sora next. But I... I... The biggest thing, though, is like any Legend of Zelda uh, type things, I could wrap my head around the lore, and they've made millions of those games, but this just has the same people that are also different people, because they're nobodies when they're named this person. Yes. And... I will tell you that I... So, Jeremy, who has never played a single Kingdom Hearts game in his life, I explained the entirety after finishing three, I explained the entirety of the game series to him as fast and condensed as possible. It took me 45 minutes to completely explain everything. So if you're listening to this and none of this makes sense, there's well, I, about a dozen YouTube videos you can go watch to catch up on like the different Well, plots. I almost feel like, because I thought I knew every most of the things, but then I'm like confusing myself of, oh wait, which what is the... Starting off, like, if they would have stuck to just Heartless, I would have been golden. And then when they kind of introduced Nobodies, I'm like, all right, I can kind of get behind this, and I'm kind of understanding this. And then the Unversed, and now I'm like, okay, what the fuck? And then... <laughs> Did you play the game with the Unversed? I don't... Maybe? Do they... I'm trying to think. I think... I feel like the Unversed... I'm trying to remember if... Yeah, the Unversed are from... Uh, birth, or, yeah, birth, no, birth by sleep, it's that one, yeah, okay. which introduces, like, some really important characters to this plot, it introduces, and here's the thing, there's so many names, but, um, yeah, and trying to, 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 like, be which is this person, the blue person. chick, uh, that you rescue in darkness, um, I feel like we, I should need, like, a, a spreadsheet of names, but basically there's the three, uh, Tara, is the tall kind of uh, brown hair. He's got like a faux hawk thing going on. There's Terra, and then there's... Aqua. Um, Aqua. Inventus. Inventus. And there's the whole connection that they end up having to the our main, we could say main protagonist. They're huge. I think the thing is, these side games really add a lot of story, but not in a way like they expand the universe, like the way a Star Wars game adds story to the universe. It's absolutely pivotal, and none of the other stuff makes sense without it. Yeah, and that's where I kind of like. 
I don't know if I need uh, from the beginning, but I almost feel like I need a from the beginning to then go up to where they all fall in line. Because even then, I know that there's Kingdom Hearts 1, and then before Kingdom Hearts 2, there was the, um, not Dream Drop, but the other one for Game Chain Boy. Chain of Memories. Yeah, Chain of Memories. Yep. Which then I was like, okay, I'm kind of going through some of these same stages, and then it kind of makes sense. When you play Kingdom Hearts 2, even though when you start Kingdom Hearts 2, you're this guy Roxas, and you're like, what the fuck happened to Sora? <laughs> and then you find out, oh, that's his, what was his nobody? This is nobody. Yeah, his nobody. Okay, now we're, like, so the first part of that is re, I like a bit of it where it, for gameplay-wise, re-getting tuned to how you do the controls and everything yeah. with this whole fresh, blank mind, and then you unlock Sora. But at the same point, what the fuck? So, if you could, without... I mean, if it takes you 45 minutes, I guess, but maybe you can condense it a little bit more for me. So, I would guess I would say, what part of the story are you missing? You guess, feel like what leads up to Kingdom Hearts is what you're confused about? Kind of, like, yeah. you get everything after Again, like, Kingdom well, Hearts and I'm, like, kind of confused. What the fuck is Kingdom Hearts? Like, I thought I knew, So, but I don't think I know what exactly Kingdom Hearts is if... If that's where Heartless goes, if that's supposed to be, like, heaven... So, Kingdom... The actual what Kingdom Hearts is, by... For having the name of the story, like, the game being centered around it, and being, like, the ultimate MacGuffin piece thing, it actually has very little impact on this game. Um, specifically in the sense that Kingdom Hearts is basically... You can think of it like the energy created by all the hearts in the world. Like, in the, the universe of Kingdom Hearts. This is the energy of the hearts. Like, the power of heart. You can, tran you know, that's the thing. Is you can also, like, consider it the power of friendship and the power of, like, goodness and the power of light. These are, like, combined as the power as Kingdom Hearts. So, why is the villain after it? It's power. It's power that he can use to rewrite the universe the way he thinks is best. But then it goes back to the Keyblade War, which then, is that separate from Kingdom Hearts? No. Because so, they have a whole bunch of people that have Keyblades, but their all goal is either to protect the Kingdom Hearts or to destroy it. Like, so, what happened is, um, Xehanort, the main bad guy of the series, exists after the Keyblade War. Okay? So, you have the Master of Masters and his seven disciples or whatever they are the leaders of these different like guilds they they basically it's kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy but because of him writing this book this book of prophecies he gives this book of prophecies to every leader of the group and it's a self-fulfilling in that because he gives them the book they start to suspect each other of backstabbing which causes the Keyblade of War. So you can get more in-depth in there. There's, It doesn't really matter, like the in-deep stuff. You know, it's a cool story, whatever, exposition. But for our purposes, what really matters is that that causes infighting. And the one thing you need to note is in Kingdom Hearts 3, the bonus scene at the end, not the one with Sora in, like, Japan, um, but the bonus scene at the end where you see... Um, the one nobody guy who gets away walks up and then talks to other people though in like a field those other people are the guild leaders that have been revived thanks to Sora defeating Xehanort and so what ends up happening there is that he is the one this this nobody I can't remember his name because there's 64 names in the Zigbar. game Zigbar Zigbar yes Luke, so Luke's uh his actual character is he was one of the leaders as well from one of the guilds. But yeah, he was but, just like a chilling as a... He was pretending team. to be Organized 13, and he actually let himself, and we'll get into this, he let himself be implanted with part of Xehanort's heart, which is part of his plan or whatever, because his job was to observe. And that was the job given to him by the Master of Masters, when he said, I've given everybody um, a book of prophecy, yours is special because it has a piece that everyone else doesn't have. Well, then there's also, he mentions this Ava person, 
who is who is not present there. Ava who, is another one of those leaders. Yeah. So that's so, I guess I more or less need to know about them to get a more wrap my head around on that scene. Yeah, yeah. I mean, as far as like ending scenes go, it's like why would you base? And here's the other thing: when you fight and you die. And then you collect your heart pieces, and you go through a bunch of like weird story, and you're like in trippy heaven or whatever. And you come back, and you fight that tornado again, and just an absolute shit ton of keyblades come out yeah. and fight with you. Those names are the names of the people who played the online game. It's their usernames. Really? I was wondering where those keyblades. Because basically, when the keyblade war happened, all of their hearts are ripped from their bodies. Um, and all of their hearts come back to help you. And so all these names, they're flying up on the screen. It's a really cool moment. I know, it's like, and I mean, I'm just jamming on like, the, I'm the just killing so many <laughs> And all those Keyblades are the people who played the online game. That's their actual usernames were written to the file, and so it's just spitting usernames out of these people who are coming to help you. Because um, they specifically, uh, there's the thing called the Dandelions. And so... A, I think it's Ava, but one of the characters was specifically assigned to create the Dandelions. These are the people who would not engage in the Keyblade War, and when the Keyblade War destroys the world, for the most part, they would be left over. And that's where you get the line of Keyblade Masters extends from these people, and your character joins the Dandelions in the story. So... All of these people are dandelions who, in the end, basically are like the power of heart, and you come after them, and you know. So would that be for the like? And I don't want to say original three, but when I say original for timeline's sake, Terra and Aqua and them, yes. are they dandelions? They are not. They are people who inherited the job of Keyblade Master um, from what's his face? I forget his the master's name. Their master's name. Um, they kind of inherited that title from him, and he, I think, inherited it from the Dandelions. You know, it kind of gets passed down, so it's many, many years later. Um, the thing is, like, Terra, so Xanort is, was best friends with uh, Arrakis, Master Arrakis, um, growing up. Yeah, and those so are the two that are playing those chess game beginning. Yep. yep, and basically it's the idea that, you know, Xanort kept saying that, we need to gain absolute power, and this is the only way to kind of help the future. And Arrakis is like, no, there's a better option. And their chess pieces are—they're basically we're playing everyone else's chess pieces. You know, Sora being that ultimate one that's got the crown or whatever. And then that's why, at the end, when he says, "I want to play a different game with you," like after you beat the game, and it shows Sora's piece again. And then you have that trippy Sora's in Japan that's basically saying this well, is Well, do you know what story. Japan that is, though? Yes. So it's actually from another I, game that Tetsuya That I world. fucking love. <laughs> that I've been wanting them to make a, a second one yep. for forever. Um, the world ends ends with you. Yep. So, which is also a Tetsuya Nomura game. And so it's Japan, and I forget what the name of the town is. S H Shibu or Shibu or something. Uh, Shibuya. Yeah. Shibuya, and but it's just yeah, it's the video game version of that town. And what's really weird is that the other character you see, I think, is the weird anime dude from the video game that you see in in Kingdom Hearts Three, like the whole toy. But Rex is playing this game. Oh the yeah. That's the anime guy who's actually in this, and he's like. You know, looking at the heart, basically looks at the moon, which is a normal Earth moon, but he forms Kingdom Hearts with his hand, and you're just like, what? This doesn't make any... Nomura! Again, <laughs> doesn't make sense to me, and I'm so... I just want to... Like, There's no answers my... to the end. All Basically, you have to be happy with the answers you get, up to defeating Xehanort and Xehanort leaving. Everything after Xehanort just... Hope that Nomura doesn't die before he finishes telling the story in the next 40 years at the rate that they go. And I'm curious, though, too, because one of the big reasons why I first picked up the first Kingdom Hearts is I love Final Fantasy games, mm -hmm. and they're just fun to play, and I love everything Disney. And, wow, making an RPG with Disney, 
this might suck because that's how most of those a lot of Disney games seem to suck. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But it was so well done, and really, and each one kept adding on to it. And again, I was like thinking they're going a little too overboard, like the whole King Mickey and having Donald and Goofy as kind of knights to help you out. All made sense, but it's the introduction to organizes organization thirteen. And they're nobodies, and then they're counterparts, and then what seems like time travel. And so what I would ask you is, what about something in the three games, one, two, and three, do you are you struggling with? Because I think I can answer any of those questions. I can't answer anything that happens after the game, because no one can. It's all speculation. Well, yeah. But what about the game do you feel like, like what we're like, what, why did this happen? Is there anything like that? Well, I, I think a, a big part of it is trying to remember the lore of what the fuck is a Heartless and okay. a Nobody. Because I thought I knew, but now I'm like questioning everything I knew. Simple answer on that one. So when, this is not necessarily when a person dies. When a person is consumed by darkness, whether through somebody else, like a, through the forced effort of a Keyblade, or through just... Natural things to fall into darkness. An example being um, Tarzan World. Who's the guy who shoots the villain? Oh, I forget his name. So, but... villain in Tarzan World, he basically turns into a heartless naturally because he's so evil, he's consumed by darkness. So, when that happens, a heartless is made. Now, what the heartless looks like depends on the power of your heart. A stronger heart, which doesn't necessarily mean a better person but a stronger heart a stronger will creates a more powerful heartless which is where you get all your boss heartless from and then anytime a heartless is made the body like the shell of the human because basically think your heart's removed um the shell of the human left is a nobody creates nobody um and that we didn't know in the first game yes, and then they just all of a sudden we just came out about heartless the second game introduces the concept of the nobody it's actually Chain of Memories introduces all of the Organization 13 characters, and then it's further exposed in 2, but you have the idea where Organization 13 is, consists of nobodies. And so Roxas, the character you play at the beginning of 2, is Sora's nobody, because Sora became a Heartless in the first game, mm -hmm. when he turned Riku's Dark Blade on himself in order to free Kairi's heart. Because when Kairi was kidnapped, basically by the big hand, the vortex that captures everyone on the island. To save herself, her heart naturally went through the realm of, like, this in-between realm where the hearts can travel to Sora's heart. And so he was holding that there. And so he turns the Keyblade on himself, it frees Kairi's heart, but turns it frees his heart as well. So his heart becomes a heartless, and... His shell becomes a nobody. And that's where you get Roxas. And so all of Chain of Memories um, into 2, it, like the end of Chain of Memories, is um, Nami, or Namine, yep. uh, rewriting Sora's memories that she ripped from him through his adventures in Chain of Memories. So in that castle... She basically is stripping his memories. That's her an ability she has. And she's something different than being... She's a nobody. But is she Kyrie's nobody? Yes. But then who is... Uh, who's with Roxas and, and Axel? I don't remember her name. She's a black hair. Yes. She, she is a clone of Sora. Of Sora? Yes. Okay. So not like a direct clone... But she is a, you know, that's why she looks so similar to that character. Um, but she is a clone of Sora. And I'd have to dig into the wiki to really get deep. But that's a single game thing. Um, and I actually don't even remember what game she's in. It's something with, like, they have these adventures with Axel and Roxas. It's a game specifically with the three of them. But basically, she has to, she can't sustain her form because she doesn't have her own body. And so because she, basically what they did is um, in, one of the things that's kind of weird is in 2, they introduced Tron World, 
and when they introduced Tron World, there's the concept of data versions of characters. Oh, yeah. And so... Which then also is like, oh distance. my god, there's more things I need to know and so pay attention to. So, I don't to. know if it's... I think it's Dream Drop Distance. Basically, um, Sora has to go into a uh, digital version. And I, it, I, it might be even another game, I remember. But basically, you can have data versions of a person. It's like a cloning machine, almost. In that you can convert a person into a data version and have a clone. And so what they did is they took this data of Sora's heart and put it into this shell that they created, but she could not sustain that form. And so if you see some flashbacks in 3, she basically fades away, returning to her, basically her heart returning. But because Nomura wants everyone to be happy, apparently... He basically just says any character who has died in any form over the last eight or nine games gets to come back in three. And so she shows up because part of what's happening that all the science team, which is all those nobodies you defeated, because that's another thing is when you kill a nobody and they're heartless, it reforms into the original person. Was that 358 by two days? That's the other That might be that one. Okay. That might be what it is. Um... So 358 that, over two days. Yeah, which I also don't understand what that title means, but I, I played that one too. <laughs> um, but you have the scientists now in three, and basically they are for they make a body for Roxas. Because we can't just say it's done and Roxas is part of Sora. He now has to have his own consciousness because he's so separate and stuff. And so he gets his own body... And this other chick, which I can't remember, she gets her own body. Um, yeah, that's what ends up happening. So that's what the nobody and the heartless are. And then the unversed are an enemy pre-Keyblade War, I think. That's the one thing. It's because I did not play that game. The one that had the unversed. And... I think that's UX or something. Kingdom Hearts UX, I believe, maybe. So it's actually called Kingdom Hearts Key. It's spelled C-H-I, and it's pronounced key, and that's why when you hear the, they talk about the keyblade, because, come on, Demora! When it's... <laughs> it's the X-blade is pronounced key, just like any other keyblade. So that's the connection, because that's like the origination of the keyblades, like lock and key, um, is this keyblade, and that keyblade... The X-Blade is what has the ability to unlock the power of Kingdom Hearts, which is what you see towards the end of Kingdom Hearts 3 when he defeats, when Sora defeats the 13 members of Darkness. They each turn into a key, and then the last key is made out of um, Kyrie. He slashes Kyrie, turns her into a key, and then he uses that on um, Kingdom... It creates the Keyblade with that and it unlocks Kingdom Hearts. Now, Which I thought that's what... Yeah, you needed the one key to do it, but then you need this new key well, key. He, there's, there's like two ways to create it, the X-Blade. One is um, you basically... And this that's the kind of whole gameplay of Birth by Sleep. The one with... Um, Terra yeah. and Aqua and Ventus. And so basically what happens is uh, in that game Xehanort causes great distress um, to uh, who, uh, to Ventus and his body splits. His, like He becomes two things. He has a darkness and a lightness form. It's not like a heart, heartless. It's a different thing. And what ends up happening is that Xehanort possesses, um, so he possesses Terra, um, which is one of the three members. So you have Terra gets possessed, Ventus basically goes into a coma, and in order to create this X-Blade, he basically needs to bring them back together. And the force of bringing this split personality character back together will create the X-Blade, okay. which will let him access, um... Kingdom Hearts. And that's actually that fight at the end and that whole scene is done in the Keyblade graveyard, which is kind of the connection back to Kingdom Hearts 2, 
once you finish Kingdom Hearts 2, the secret scene at the end has some like cryptic poem that comes up and you see just a bunch of Keyblades. And you're like, this is awesome. I thought there was only like three Keyblades. Why is there so many? And then, you know, it becomes a stupid trinket. It no longer has any power because literally everyone gets a Keyblade. Yeah. Kyrie uh, <laughs> like, gets a Keyblade. Oprah's giving Axel. Axel gets a Keyblade. Everyone gets a Keyblade. Mickey's got one. I'll, Donald and Goofy don't get one for whatever reason. They're yeah. the hardest working <laughs> duo in this entire series, and they don't get one, but everyone else does. Um. So we're okay. So uh, again, with someone that's happened at the end, um, I want to say Kyrie's is X I O N Zion. I think maybe, Zion is her name. That's the clone of Sora. Okay. I think oh, yeah. okay. Well, but then there's also another dude, and now I'm forgetting what his hair color was. That also they they release that's now a human that like hands them popsicles at the end, who seems to be a friends with them. That I don't remember where that friendship came from, if it was in the organization or not. But he seems like he's now a cool, nice dude. So it seems like some. People. So almost everybody that was defeated by the or- in organization thirteen becomes a good guy, because they basically became nobodies. Not necessarily, not all of them were on by their choice. So some of them were by choice, and some of them were not. But then they've now got their hearts back, so they're human, yes. so they're whole. Because uh, Sora defeated both their heartless and their nobody forms, and so they're made whole again. because the. The Keyblade doesn't kill you. It releases the spirit of whatever it is. And so it actually has the ability to release the spirits and the hearts of objects, too. Hearts of planets. Like, everything's got a heart. And, which is how all these, you know, this gets to this. Um, But Sora, with his Keyblade, destroys the nobody and destroys the heartless. And that creates a unified person again. And for the most part, most of those characters who were, um, they, what was it? They were assistants of Ansem. Ansem the Wise? Yes. The original one? Yes, the real, the good Ansem, who is all dressed in red in Kingdom Hearts 2 and then reveals himself. And he's Diz. Yeah, and that I think is what he went by or something. And so... Uh, he is the one um, who was studying hearts and nobodies and like this concept. And through some failed experiments, basically, the assistants get their bodies ripped apart. Their hearts are ripped out, and so their nobodies are formed. Um, now, the thing is, is that Organization 13 was also founded by Xehanort with the intent of creating 13 Agents of Darkness, which were, he would put one portion of his soul. It's like a horcrux. Yeah, it's basically, it's almost exactly like that. Is he putting a portion of himself into 13 different things. Now, his intent was that Sora would be one of them, because then he could control Sora, because he needed Sora to, he needed a warrior, seven warriors of light to defeat the 13 warriors of darkness, because the 13 keys would be turned into the X-Blade. So that was a, the other way to make an X-Blade then. And that's what all of Kingdom Hearts is about except for the prequel game, the web game, and Birth by Sleep, if that's the right one, that has Aquas and Terra and Ventus' story. So what the hell did the princess have to do with in the first one? So the princess, the seven princesses of heart was what he was going to use to create the you know, there's the seven warriors of light the princesses of heart kind of worked like that. They're okay. members of light, but after being saved, they couldn't. They wouldn't work anymore. So, okay. Yeah, that's the thing. There's a lot of like unsaid stuff. These are, like, <laughs> yeah. I've read like this wiki like a dozen times to figure it out because I'm like, why is this so confusing? Well, I even before even coming to you to try to get some answers, I went online to try to have it explained to me, and I was like, oh, maybe someone could put it into simpler terms talking to me mm-hmm. and even then i still feel a little dumb on everything so ansem is a good person right yes he's separate from he's Xenor. a good person that made some mistakes by his sciencey like yes. exploring too far basically but he is at the time of 
Birth by Sleep with the originals, or no? So here's the thing: is he was separate. He, I think, Arrakis and him knew each other. Um, and if you really want to know, how do we find all this stuff out? The random stupid notes that you find in the game tell this part, fill in this part of the story. Um, Damn! Put it down there, Anthony. <laughs> that was a big firework. I was even looking out the window and I saw the reflection in my lit house. Um, but yeah, the Ansem is this like kind of scientist character, and the the issue that I think was just too much is that Ansem was the name of the bad guy in the first game. Yes. And I get the confusion out of that. That's fine. I don't think it's necessary because it didn't do anything for the story. But basically what that what happens is um, villain in the first game is uh, Xanort's um, Heart- Heartless. Yeah. And he goes by the name of Ansem just to cause confusion, I guess. Yeah. There's no real <laughs> reason why he says that name. But he goes by Ansem. The villain in the second game is Xehanort's nobody. Because when you make a Heartless, you make a nobody. And then the villain in three is Xehanort himself. The originals. Yeah. And so of all the Xehanorts... time traveled there? There's three Xehanorts. There's Heartless, nobody... Okay, there's four. So Heartless, nobody, young Xehanort, and old Xehanort. And so old Xehanort um, hatched this plan himself. He goes, he has the ability to travel through time to himself. Basically, he can go through time to himself with a very similar power that uh, Sora has, which is basically the connection of hearts. He can traverse the pathway between them. Um, I forget what they call the power in the game. Traverse. Well, it's like, uh, he, it's what he, all of three is about him relearning this power. Um... I'd have to look it up. I figure it's got a term that they call it. But basically, Xehanort can do something similar, and he can travel to his past self. So he goes into the past, convinces his younger version, young Xehanort, to go through time, or to basically create this organization and like do all these different things, and all of these pieces are to come together. And so for, you know, because they're himself, his heartless, his nobody, and his young version... Those are three of the Agents of Darkness. And then Organization 13 was founded to find the rest of them. So, basically the intent. what is, besides us dying from all this, uh, this fireworks... We gotta celebrate for the last three weeks they've been celebrating. No, they're, they're happy that I finally beat Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> Tony beat Kingdom Hearts! Fireworks! <laughs> kind of goes with the ending of it, too. So, uh, Mickey is a Keyblade Master. Yes. Yin Sid is as well. Yes. Sora is not yet. He failed his test because Riku is. Yes, and Riku, Riku is. So I think it is Dream Drop Distance. Basically what happens is in the quest to help all of these worlds that they're they're helping in the realm of dreams, um, Sora has to fight... I don't even remember. I think it's young Xehanort. I think that's where he's introduced and he fights him. I haven't played this game. Um, but he basically is exhausted at that point. He wins, but he's exhausted. And so what ends up happening is because his heart is so weak, he doesn't wake up. And so Riku finishes his journey. They're kind of like parallel working on stuff. And he actually dives into Sora's heart. And to try to find him and pull him out. Well, what he finds is that Xehanort is trying to possess him. So you actually have a moment where Sora is on one of the Organization 13 chairs. And he's got the yellow Xehanort eyes. Okay. Um, so if you're wondering who's possessed, they have the yellow eyes. Or Xehanort's possessed them. And so that was the intent. It was to get that. Uh, Riku saves him. But because of him falling to darkness just temporarily, Yen Sid declares that he is not yet ready. And so that gives you a reason why, yet again, we need to go through power-up mode in the third game. Because that's basically what he's trying to do, Nomura, is introduce reasons for why you need to go around powering up again. 
Yeah, and, and I and I get that, and I kind of I understand that you need to do that. All new games, you know, Metroid. Uh, Samus all of a sudden loses her suit and everything gets stolen from pirates, or sometimes Link is a whole new person or a whole new time area. I get that. But you, you've met some powerful friends along the way that you're kind of wondering where have they been at before. It's basically just the really first shitty games. thing. Because you're like, listen, Riku was a bad guy. Uh, I know that he's strong, but Riku was a bad guy, was defeated multiple times by Sora, immediately fell to darkness. But he's the one who gets to be a Keyblade Master. Yeah. <laughs> And then, and so these are all on the same level as the people that show up towards the end with Zigbar. Yes, and those that's you know that's kind of they're not quite connected. They're connected in the story, but they're loosely connected because the world was just different. It was a united world. It was you know a united realm of light. It wasn't shattered across space into these different worlds that were created. Um, I. I'm like I said. I'm I'm starting to picture a little bit more of getting all this. So, where Yin Sid is at, and obviously he's the big master of the good side. It seems mm -hmm. along with Mickey, there's this master of masters who's then the big bad. Master of masters is not a bad or a good guy. He is just a character that started this all, kind of thing. He's got a key. Uh, Eye of Thundara Keyblade. So it's not even a Keyblade, it's just a sword. It's like an Eye of Thundara sword that gets passed into the future so that he can see the future. He writes this book of prophecies. The book of prophecies leads towards the Keyblade War, which is also written of in the book of prophecies. Everything comes to pass. Um, the mystery is that, and I think that's the connecting piece to the next series that Sora and Kingdom Hearts extends to, is that... Uh, the Master of Masters connection, because like Xehanort is gone, gone. Who knows? Maybe we'll have flashbacks or whatever, something weird Nomura wants to do. But Xehanort's gone. We, we'll have a new villain, a new story, and new motivations. Um, but the Master of Masters and everything he started is still out there, and that's what I think that hidden that last scene kind of. And it's all speculation right now, but personally I think that that's what that leads to, is that we're going to get more of the Master of Masters story, and all of these like guild leaders are coming back, and there's, we're going to go from there. I'm trying to think of what the, again, that that his that sword that he can see through the future, because yeah, that, he kind of explained that a bit, which I'm like... When the hell did that show up in the other two, if it's just going straight from... Not at all. It's Earth. literally only in this original game, and then three. Okay. Like, as far as, like, it, where it's shown, because this web game was made after Birth by Sleep, and Dream Drop Distance on 365 over two days. It's, like, one of the last games to be made, and it takes place uh, all the way at the beginning, and it was a freaking web game that had, like, no marketing whatsoever compared to the rest of the games. So most people would be who weren't constantly watching King, our Kingdom Hearts on Reddit would have no idea that this game even existed. See, like, and I... Because you can't play it right now. It's gone. Like, it's shut down. Oh, that sucks. So <laughs> I think they might have released, like, a version in it uh, in one of, like, the compilation games. They'll release it. You can play through the story element portion of it. But, or at the very least, I mean... If you've seen any of like the 1.5s or 2.5s or 2.8s or Remix, Redux, Extra Version, Part 2, <laughs> yeah. Doe, you know, all that stuff, um, they'll probably at least do cutscenes. Well, I just saw they announced a, a new, uh, two new games that are coming out. One's a rhythm-based game, which seems like, alright, and then another mobile one that it sounded like it came from... Whatever this one was, they, online, might be, they might make a mobile version. But game, which but. would, again, like, uh But my name wouldn't be with all the swords. Yeah. So. <laughs> um. That yeah. I I want to say. Did they call it a no nobody blade? I can't remember what it was, but he he named it something. I thought because he was all happy that he finally got one. Now it's at a the very end, specific name. And, um, and then I'm just like sword. trying to um just. Gather around again. Who those people were, which I could assume were from before, the before times. But You're talking about the last scene. Yeah. Yeah. 
and and I'm just still trying to wrap my head around that. Style. That one's really that's the one that I one I, I did play it, so I don't have like intimate knowledge of that. But that's the one that kind of left me most out of the loop when I was playing through, and I was like, what the heck? And before I started three, I did a lot of YouTube videos and stuff and like wiki wiki reading to learn the pieces that I was missing. Um, but that's the big one is that. Uh, the Master of Masters. Oh, and his chest. That's what Maleficent and Pete have been lo are looking yeah. all the time. Well, yeah, because they didn't chest. show up at the end of the rest of the game, and I was kind of wondering, oh, there's that chest. What the fuck is that? Like, mm -hmm. that's like some big evil covenant thing. Yep. But no, that chest is belongs to the Master of Masters, and there's something important inside of it. We just don't know what it is. Um... You never know with Nomura. I mean, part of the problem uh, with one, this game took way too long to come out from the time that two came out yeah. to finish this story. Um, not, and it wasn't because he was working so hard on these other games. It's because he was also the lead director on Final Fantasy XV at the exact same time he was lead director on Kingdom Hearts. And so Final Fantasy being a bigger uh, IP... For Square Enix, um, this, you know, it kind of got sidelined. And then the development cycle of 15 was taking so, too long, so they said, Nomura, get back to Kingdom Hearts, and other guy, you're doing Final Fantasy 15, and then all of a sudden we finally get a Kingdom Hearts, because he finally gets to make it. Um, Nomura actually started, I think, working on Final Fantasy. I think that was one of his okay. first jobs on characters. And he actually did a lot of Final Fantasy VII. And so it kind of made his name in character design okay. for Final Fantasy VII. Um, and so that's where they kind of were like, hey, this guy's got some skill. And they kind of went from that point forward um, into exploring his skill set. And then eventually he comes up with the weird lion character of Sora and then they, with a chainsaw key blade. <laughs> yeah. If you've ever seen those pictures of the concept art, but and then eventually transitions into what we have with the keyblade and the existing stuff and so he makes that. Now like I wish they would have done a little bit more of I guess alluding to Zigbar being some other uh person. Yeah, there's and... literally zero reference to it until the end of the game. You're like, wait, he's still alive? Like, why? And then you're like, oh, wait, he's the one character we missed from this one small web game that has way too much <laughs> influence on the plot of this game. That's the other thing, is that for a game that was not a primary game... That's why I feel Nomura screwed up. Secondary games had too much impact on the story. They yes, can have they some did. impact, and that's fine. Introduce characters and things like that. But... You had, like, the worst ultimate team-up scene at the end of that game, where basically everyone shows up and says, I'm a good guy, I'm still alive. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I'm this person's name, I'm still alive. They made a brand new body for me. It's like, didn't I absorb you? Like, we absorbed Roxas. How does he exist? You know, it's just really confusing. They're like, don't worry, it's data versions. And you're like, what does that mean? So, yeah. Well, you helped me at least... Uh... Know that there's certain questions you won't have answers to. Because no one has answers to. And I don't even think Nomura has answers to them. I think he's still figuring those things Flying out. Flying from the seat of his pants. Yeah. Um, I mean, if for anyone who's a fan of the series, uh, the ending of the game, uh, very you know, the secret scene that shows um, Sora waking up and Riku waking up in Shibuya... Uh, it is likely that Sora's power... So, Sora disappears. The explanation, we do at least have that. In his efforts to find Kairi and save her heart from that, like, heaven world, mm -hmm. basically he has the ability to go and rescue her. And in order to do that, um, he has... Basically, the power has taxed him. And so he was unable to find his way back. He rebuilds Kyrie's heart very much like he rebuilt his own heart in this heaven place where there's, was it a Moogle or something? I forget what was up in, I think it was a Moogle or, or no. Um, it's a little character that's also from that weird web game. Yeah, it, cool. he's a, it's C-H something I think it starts with a cheer, cheery, or yeah. Yeah. 
they are the helper care um, creatures that every time when you made a character, you got one of these. And they're like dream, dream beings or whatever. And so the implication is that this is the uh, possibly the Cherubi or whatever the name of it is of the character that you would have played in the mobile game. That's a possible implication. But... Yeah. Oh, the gazing eye is what it's called. The, the gazing eye, oh, the sword. Okay. Yes. Um, but yeah, there's the uh, thing when you're in that heaven space and you're kind of guided by that little creature. The idea is that that creature is um, basically waiting for potentially your character from the first game to show up for whatever reason, um, but. That character, you know, that little creature is just kind of almost like a cameo from the web game for all the web fans, web game fans who played it. Um, but yeah, it just comes down to the fact that Sora rescued Kyrie's heart and brought it back after Xehanort had destroyed it, and in the process lost himself. And so Riku heads out to find him and bring him home. And they both end up in Shibuya. And I, well, I'm Riku ends up standing up, or Sora stands up in Shibuya, and it's got the the main tower, but it's the version from the Marazuka game. See, um, I'm wondering if we're gonna have less uh, now Disney tie-ins. And I don't gonna, think we'll have any. Yeah, I think, I think it's gonna, gonna be break going off from Disney. And then kind of be which able, sucks because Donald and Goofy were awesome. I know, and the, everything <laughs> about all those things. But then I can also see where. They could maybe make them a little bit faster, not having to deal with the whole other IP. Yeah. So. They're all solo, and yeah. Who knows? I, I'm really looking forward in 2032. Well, no, one. because, like, I was happy to finally be done with this. Now I'm going to have to play more to get the whole story. Uh, yeah, if you want the whole story, then definitely. Oh, well, Anthony, thank you so much. <laughs> um, now that we are in a war zone of uh, <laughs> neighborhood. Yeah. While recording, I think this is a good place to wrap up, and uh, I'm looking forward to, I guess, talking, yeah, in 10 years when the next game comes out, and being like, what the fuck is happening now? Who are these, the no-essences, or the no-souls, or the yeah, yeah. whatever they call them, because they're going to come up with some whole new bad well, guy to... they're going to keep, it's going to be called Kingdom Hearts, they're going to keep the concept of Kingdom Hearts, and Sora's going to keep his abilities... Um, we'll see where that goes. I think they did an okay job of at least introducing new characters that were human-esque in this one, at least. Like, actual, like, lived in a real world. I mean, you had the whole, uh, San Fran Tokyo. Mm-hmm. Uh, from... That was a fun open Big world. Hero wow, there's 6. There's so much of the game that was just, like, great in other... The design is the absolutely incredible. But I wish play. Nomura would have a writing consultant... <laughs> sit down with them. That's all he needs. It's a George Lucas situation where you have a person who creates an incredible story and an incredible universe and some just amazing things can happen but I wish he had a writing coach that could have sat down with him. Yeah. So. Well, until that time, <laughs> yeah. We have to wait, sadly. So. Well, I guess uh, stay thirsty for more uh, <laughs> Kingdom Hearts in the future. <laughs> You're going to be real thirsty because we have to wait a long time, but get that thirst going.